0: Most books get the majority of their sales in the first few months after release. Then comes the slow slide down the charts. This is true for bestsellers and duds alike. It is incredibly rare to see a book sell better in its second year than it does in its first year. But there is a method to breathe life back into your backlist. This method has worked for decades, and it still works as good as ever today, and it's called price pulsing. And It was one tactic I used as the marketing director for a traditional publishing company to boost sales by 500%. This is one of those advanced marketing tactics that is like money in the bank, and you're going to learn not one, not two, but three different methods to price pulse In this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr., CEO of Author Media, and this is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and make a difference with writing worth talking about. This episode is primarily for published authors and those who are about to be, because you have to have a book for sale on Amazon to be able to take advantage of these advanced tactics. Although I will say, uh, one tactic you can use in a book launch. So do stick around if you have a book about to come out. Now, before we talk about what price pulsing is and how to do it, we need to talk briefly about marketing psychology. Procrastination kills book sales. As an author, it's one of your biggest enemies. Procrastination keeps you from writing today, and it keeps your readers from buying your book today. Why do today what you can do tomorrow? So how do you fight procrastination? With urgency. You do it for yourself by giving yourself a deadline and you do it for your readers by using price pulsing. Urgency is why you work harder the day before your deadline than you do the day you get the assignment. It's also how you convince your readers to buy your book now. And the reason why price pulsing works is because it injects urgency into the buying decision. So price pulses are 21st century vocabulary for what our parents used to call sales. <laughs> They're what retailers have been doing for centuries. Your local grocery store price pulses by using paper coupons in the newspaper. Although technically there is a difference between a price pulse and a sale. With a sale, the price stays the same and it's temporarily discounted. So there's a line through the old number and it shows the new number. Whereas with the price pulse, you're bringing the whole price down for a short period. Of time. Why do you do it this way? Because you can't control the discount price on Amazon. You can only control the actual price on Amazon. So you have to lower the whole price on Amazon, thus, the phrase price pulsing. A well executed price pulse will cause your book to spike in sales and climb the sales rank. In fact, it's not uncommon to become a number one category bestseller after a good price pulse. In fact, this is one of the best ways to do it if your book has been out for a while. Uh, The ranking plus the buzz and uh, plus a lot of new people reading your book can not only boost sales during the price pulse, but often for weeks after the price pulse ends, you continue having a higher level of sales. This is what we in the business call social proof, and I have a whole episode on social proof and why it's so powerful for boosting sales. I did an episode on free pulsing a while back, which is a kind of more extreme version of price pulsing. Uh, Free pulsing is when you drop the price of your book down to free for a short period of time. And free pulsing works best, I will say, for the first book in a series. And I do encourage you to listen to that episode because it's riskier. Price pulsing is a pretty safe strategy. Uh, Free pulsing is uh, a little more extreme. (laughs) So anyway, these episodes are meant to go hand in hand. And I should also say that while uh, traditionally published authors can price pulse, it is easier for indies because indies have full control over the pricing of their book. And the ebook, especially, you have a lot of control over the pricing of your ebook. If you're traditionally published, your publisher controls the price of your book, which means you have to ask nicely if you want them to price pulse your book. Uh, they may already be doing price pulses on your book if you talk to them. But if they think that your book has lost its steam, they may not be price pulsing, and they may not let you price pulse. (laughs) And at that point, you may want to approach them about buying the rights back because they think that uh, your book is done, it's made all the money it's going to make, uh, whereas if you are able to get those rights back, you might be able to pay off what you paid for the book in your very first price pulse if you do it well. I know authors who, have, you know, for $500 or $1,000, they're able to buy the rights back for their book. And then they do a big price pulse promotion and they make $1,000, $1,500, and now they own their book and a few hundred extra dollars besides. Now, I will also say, before we get to the meat of it, the price pulsing only works if you get the word out. Every day, 1,000 new books join the millions of books already on Amazon. So a price post alone won't make a difference. It'll get lost in the noise. Uh, Right now, thousands of books are being price pulsed. And without a promotion strategy, you don't know what those books are. (laughs) So to make a price pulse work, you need to get the word out about the sale, which is where our three methods come in. So let's get to method number one, use your own list. We talk a lot about the importance of growing email lists on this show, and it's for a reason, because email lists help with just about everything. (laughs) It makes it easier to get booked on podcasts, it makes it easier to launch books, and it makes it easier to price pulse, as well as pretty much every other tactic makes it easier the larger your email list is. But having a big email list is useful for a price pulse in ways you may not expect. Uh, For example, every week on this podcast, you hear me ask you to tell a friend about the show. This request has no urgency attached to it. So while you maybe want to do that, you haven't gotten around to it, most of you, because, you know, why do today what you can do tomorrow? Which is fine. You know, I expect most of you to ignore that most of the time. But the same is true when you send an email to your email list asking your readers to recommend your book to a friend. So now imagine that instead of sending them an email saying, hey, recommend me to a friend, the email says, hey, the book that the ebook that's normally $5.99 is only $2.99 for the next five days. Now your subscribers have some urgency in buying the book if they don't already have it, but more importantly, in telling their friends about your book. Because not only are they doing their friend a favor by recommending a great book, they're also doing them a favor by letting them know about a great deal. And who doesn't wanna be that kind of great friend who lets their friends know about great deals on great books. So price pulses can work even if everyone on your list has already purchased your book. And if you want help growing your email list, I have a bunch of episodes on it. And in fact, in the show notes for episode 298, just go to authormedia forward slash 298. I have dozens of links for this episode, including uh, episode how Jason Porterfield grew his email list from zero to 6,000 in one year eight tools to help authors get more email subscribers, and an author's guide to story origin. We have a whole category on the website of blog posts and episodes on email lists. Growth, email list best practices. We are here to help you grow your email list. But price pulsing doesn't just help you get the word out about your book and give your readers something to share with their friends. It actually can help you grow your email list itself readers need a reason to sign up for your email list. And the most common reason that I recommend on the show is to create a reader magnet, an immediate reward for signing up. A short story or a tip sheet or some kind of fun thing they get right away. But another motivation that you can give as well is to mention that one of the perks of being a subscriber is that they find out about exclusive discounts. You can also mention this in your book's Back matter right in the final pages of your book. You say sign up for my newsletter to be the first to know about new books and find out about exclusive discounts. People love signing up for discounts, it's one of the most common kinds of emails that people sign up for. And I do recommend as you get more books to create a price pulsing rhythm. I did an interview last year on my other podcast, Christian Publishing Show, with an author who had over 70 books and she price pulses one book every week. Now, I don't generally recommend doing an email newsletter every week. I feel like for most authors, that's uh, more than would make sense. Right? It's exhausting for the author. But if you have 70 books and every week is a discount on a new book, oh my goodness, this is a great way to keep a really steady flow of income and a really steady flow of sales through your backlist. It's a really solid strategy. The key though is to stay organized and to keep a schedule. Right? You want to plan out several months in ahead, maybe a year in ahead, what you're going to email about which week uh, so that you're not price pulsing the same book over and over again. Also, you don't want to just do discounts. Your newsletter needs to have some news in it to keep it interesting for your most passionate fans. All right. So we talked about method one, which is to use your own list. This is kind of a no brainer. But what if you have a small list? No problem. That leads us to method two, borrow a list. This is the heart of the tactic for most authors. You can still price pulse with a small list. In fact, there's a whole world of websites and email lists dedicated to helping authors get the word out about discounted books. Now, I will say you have to pay money to be featured on these emails. They don't do this for free. It's a business. But these deals often pay for themselves in days and sometimes in hours. I have done BookBub deals where the BookBub deal paid for itself in the first few hours of the deal, which is saying something because BookBub can be expensive. It can be $1,000 or more for a BookBub promo. But if you spend $1,000 and you get $5,000 worth of sales, it's totally worth it. And of course, BookBub is the 800-pound gorilla. It is the king of the discount sites, but it is not the only option. I have a list at authormedia.com slash 298 of 11 other sites that also do big emails out to readers. So here's here's the list real briefly, just to see if there's any that you haven't heard of. Fussy Librarian, E-Reader News Today, Book Doggy, Free Booksy, Book Adrenaline, Hello Books, E-Reader IQ, Robin Reads, Book Bassett, Book Barbarian, and Chirp, my personal favorite, because that one is all about audiobooks. And it's actually run by BookBub. David Gogren has a good roundup of which sites are best for which authors, and I link to his Roundup in the show notes at authormedia.com slash 298. So in the olden days, the tactic that worked best was to try to get as many sites to all hit on the same day as possible. This gave you the best chance to become a category bestseller. Uh, Now Amazon uses a longer rolling average, and so the best strategy currently is to try to have like a different site hit each day or maybe two or three sites hit a day. And you spread your promotion out instead of it being just one day, you spread it around three to five days of promotion. That said, BookBub is king. So what most authors do is they try to get a BookBub deal. And then once they get that BookBub date, then they go to the backup sites and try to get as many of them to cluster around the BookBub deal as they can. On a cost per reader basis, right, each one of these sites costs different And I uh, did tests on them years back, and I found that the cheapest site was actually BookBub on a per-reader basis, (laughs) because BookBub has just such a huge email list. They have, I want to say, millions of readers total, and in any specific genre, they have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. So they're not emailing your book out to their whole list. They're emailing your romance book just to their romance subscribers, or your fantasy book just to their fantasy subscribers. As you can imagine, BookBub gets far more submissions each day than they have slots for. Pretty much every author wants to be featured on BookBub. And even traditional publishers submit their books to BookBub deals because of how powerful BookBub is at driving sales. And there's really no other website that can make $10,000 worth of sales come out of nowhere. <laughs> I quite like BookBub, especially for how much BookBub costs, which is not very much compared to how many sales they drive. So it can be really hard to get accepted for a BookBub deal. So I have some tips on getting accepted by BookBub. First is to offer a big discount. The bigger the discount, the more likely you are to get accepted. The minimum is 50%, but it's not about... BookBub looks at both what the total amount of money that you're charging is, but also what you were charging for the last 90 days. So for the last 90 days, your book was at $9.99 and you drop it to $2.99 That's way more dramatic than if in the last 90 days, your book was $5.99 and then you dropped it to $2.99. It's the same price, but it's a bigger discount. And BookBub likes to bring big discounts to their subscribers. The next tip is to get a lot of five-star reviews. I have a bunch of episodes on getting five-star reviews, how to get more reviews. It's not just about high numbers of stars. It's more about the number of reviews total bookbub deals get a lot easier to get once you pass 100 reviews. You don't need 100 reviews to get a bookbub deal, but it's a lot easier with 100 reviews. Every time you submit to bookbub, you're competing with all of the other authors who are submitting for that same spot. So depending on what day you apply and what other authors are applying that day, sometimes the threshold is higher or lower. Another thing BookBub looks for is they like authors who are wide, so authors who are, whose e-books aren't just on Amazon, but also are on the other bookstores, and also wide in terms of countries. They want to see that your book isn't just available in the United States, but available in other countries as well. BookBub is strategically reducing its reliance on Amazon. It's actually starting to compete directly with Amazon in audiobooks and BookBub is trying to move away from Amazon-only promotions. That said, I saw an author just yesterday who had her book only on Amazon, and she got a BookBub deal. So you can still get your book featured, assuming that you know, you're know you good on all the other criteria. So I do encourage you, for almost every one of these tips, I have a whole episode on, like I have an episode on going wide, which you ain't a pin, actually. <laughs> and it's on my Other, so I used to have a lot of podcasts and this one was on the Creative Funding Show, which is a podcast I don't do anymore. But Joanna Penn took the episode uh, from that show and she put it on her website and she blogified it. (laughs) I have a link to it and it's really good. And it's about how Joanna Penn goes wide and she goes wide in a lot of different ways. Another tip to getting accepted by BookBub is to submit your book every month. And my advice is to create a recurring calendar event for yourself so that, you know, on the third of the month, you have a calendar event on your calendar on your phone that says, don't forget to submit to BookBub today. Or this is also a really great task you can outsource to your virtual assistant. And yes, I have an episode on how to find and work with a virtual assistant. So another tip, and this one's really important, is to have an on-trend book cover. So I used to say have a good book cover, but in my experience, Every author feels like they have a good book cover, and that's not useful advice. And really, it doesn't matter whether you think your book cover is good or whether your friends think your book cover is good. It matters if your book cover fits with the trends in your specific subgenre, especially for websites like BookBub. BookBub wants the books that they put in the email to look like they belong in that email. If I'm getting a sci-fi email, the book covers need to look and feel like sci-fi books. And so you're like, well, how do I know if my book cover's on trend? Well, you buy a Kalytics report for your genre. One of the great elements of every Kalytics report is a cover kind of display of all of the top eBooks in your genre and what their covers are. And it groups them by like styles. So there's often like three or four trending styles at any given time. And this really does give you an edge. And yes, I have an affiliate link for Kalytics in the show notes at AuthorMedia slash 298. Another thing that BookBub looks at is credible endorsements. So go back and listen to last week's episode on how to get endorsements for your book. It matters to BookBub that other credible authors have endorsed your book, which I should have mentioned in that episode is one of the perks of getting endorsements is that uh, the more good endorsements you have, uh, the more likely you are to get featured by BookBub and the others. So it's, it's kind of like with search engine optimization, you optimize for Google. And if you can get Google, you get Bing and Yahoo and the rest. When it comes to getting featured on book deals, getting featured by BookBub, if you can get them to accept you, everyone else will accept you most likely. Another thing that BookBub looks at, which I was actually surprised. I saw this on their website, and I was surprised to see that they look at awards. Now, these need to be credible awards. There's a lot of predatory awards out there. And if you're looking for a list of credible awards, I actually have one at authormedia.social. So in authormedia.social, which is the social network that I offer to authors for free, we have a space called Celebrations. And in the sticky post at the top of Celebrations, one of the things that you can celebrate and post and everyone will cheer with you is if you win an award for one of the credible awards. And I have a, a list that I maintain on that sticky post of awards that I feel are credible or that the community at authormedia.social feels is credible. And if there's an award that's not on that list, be suspicious of it, but also feel free to leave a comment and be like, hey, what about this award? And the community will, will vote, tell you whether they think the award is a, a valid award because there are a lot of companies that will take your money and give you an award and they don't even read your book so not all award uh, competitions are created equal and then finally if you hit a non amazon bestseller list that matters a lot to bookbub so usa today wall street journal ecpa nyt etc those kinds of bestseller lists matter and it's also important to have your amazon page optimized so the amazon page itself needs to look good it needs to be well optimized and yes I have an episode on how to optimize your Amazon page. Uh, BookBub has more tips on their website. I'll link to it. We'll also include in the show notes at authormedia.com 298, an infographic by BookBub that kind of walks you through the tips for submitting your book to BookBub. All right, so now let's talk about method three, the reverse coupon. The final method of price pulsing is a photo negative of the first two. It works on the same psychological principles, but instead of announcing the price going down, you announce that the permanent price is about to go up, but at a future date. So now's your chance to get the price before it goes up. That is the promise of a reverse coupon. So uh, one common way to use a reverse coupon is during the launch. So while the first two methods don't work well for launches, right? they're really more of a tactic for a book that's been out for a while, especially BookBub. Right, you're not going to have 100 reviews at launch, right? You a lot of those things they look for. Really, it's for older books that are being discounted. Whereas a reverse coupon, if you launch your book and you tell your list and a lot of your launch communications, right, you're going on podcasts, everything we talk about in launching and the book launch blueprint. Let's say your book is going to be $5.99 the ebook, but for the first week you can get it for $2.99. Well, now I have an incentive, right? I want to be one of the cool kids who gets the price before the price goes up. This has several really big benefits for you. It helps your book hit number one new release status. It rewards your core fans and your launch team members who buy your book on day one. Uh, Remember, you want every member of your launch team to buy a copy of your book so that the review is a verified review, which speaking of which, it increases the number of of reviews you get in week one, right? Creating that urgency to buy the book now means more people are going to be reading your book now, which means more people are reviewing your book now, which means you have more reviews early. So a challenge a brand new book has is that every brand new book is like a brand new baby. No reviews, no stars, right? You got to earn those star reviews. And then finally, it creates excitement about your launch because who doesn't like an exclusive discount? Uh, But a launch reverse coupon is not the only time to use a reverse coupon. Another time to use a reverse coupon is what I would call a price correction reverse coupon or even an inflation reverse coupon. And this tactic is often used by authors who realize that they've priced their books too cheaply, which is a very common mistake that indies make. Uh, And sometimes it makes sense. When you're first getting started, you price your book really low because you're trying to get people to take a risk on you. But eventually you build that credibility, you build that readership, and you don't want to be the cheapest option. Or maybe you want to have some money left over after selling a copy of your book to be able to buy ads to get more readers, right? You get this really nice virtuous cycle once you start to raise your price. But I realize this is scary, right? A lot of people wonder, will my readers get mad that I'm raising the price? Well, in reality, your readers won't notice. People don't check the price of the things they already own. In fact, Amazon kind of makes that price a little hard to see in some cases. But let's say your ebooks are all priced at $2.99 all the time forever, and you created this reader expectation that your books cost $2.99 and you realize that is just too cheap. You're not making money at $2.99. You're starving. Your family's starving. You don't have money for ads. You need to raise your prices. What do you do? You have a reverse coupon. Pick a date a month away and send out a series of emails announcing the price increase. Readers love that feeling of getting the good price before it goes up. Some of them may stock up on all of your book titles that they haven't yet purchased before the price goes up. And I will say, I personally use this tactic for my courses all the time. Uh, for example, Obscure No More is currently in beta release. Uh, this means that for people who get the course now, they get it at a huge discount. With the beta coupon, they save 65% off the price of the course. And the reason is because I'm still making the course. You know, Every month or two, I release a new module, a new session, and I'm taking feedback from the beta students, and I'm making tweaks and improvements. To the course, and once the course is complete, that discount is going to go away. So it's a big reverse coupon, uh, but it's also a way of rewarding the core fans who get the course while it was still being created. I have a couple of episodes on pricing strategy that you may find helpful, especially if you are in control of your pricing. Picking the right price for your book is really key because you know you want to be able to do this long term, and doing it long term means your book needs to help put food on the table. (laughs) So uh, those two episodes are how to price your book using marketing psychology and book marketing 101, how to price your ebook. And yes, I'll have links to both of those episodes at authormedia.com slash 298. Finally, I want to say that uh, reverse coupons can help protect you from inflation. So inflation's high right now. I just uh, heard a report Either yesterday or the day before from the Wall Street Journal that in some countries uh, they've seen a 20% inflation just on food. Inflation in the United States isn't that high, but it's 5%, which is higher than it has been in my entire lifetime. So my generation has no idea what inflation is like. I studied it in business school. It's the only reason why I know what inflation is like. And you know, for you young people like me, inflation means that the money that you have is worth less than it was last year. And this means that if you're getting the same, say, $2.99 for your book, uh, that $2.99 buys fewer groceries today than it did last year. So every year you're getting a pay cut at at that same price, Uh, which means at some point you may need to raise your price so that you're still getting the same actual value from your book. So when it's time to pass a price increase on to your readers, a reverse coupon is the kindest way to do it. And really, it's the golden rule of price increases. Uh, raise prices unto your readers as you wish companies uh, would raise prices unto you. If they have to raise prices, you want them to give you notice, right? Don't you wish a company said, hey, we're going to raise the price on this product in a month, right? That would allow you to decide, oh, do I want to buy it now at the lower price or do I want to wait, right? It gives you more information. It puts power in your hand as the purchaser, and as the seller, it makes people motivated to buy your book now. It gives you that delicious, sweet, sweet urgency. So it's a really good practice. It uh, Reverse coupons help boost sales without the need to discount while simultaneously building goodwill with readers. So I really think that reverse coupon, if you're going to raise prices, especially because of inflation, you're really getting squeezed, a reverse coupon is the way to do it. Our sponsor today is my course, Obscure No More, which I already mentioned. If you want help building your email list, building your platform, this is the complete course to help you with every aspect of that process. Obscure No More is currently a one-time purchase, and when you make that purchase, you get all of the training sessions that are already recorded, plus all of the sessions that are still in the works. So. When I first announced it, there were no modules recorded, but now I have five. I have one on how to start building a platform. Module two is how to craft a platform strategy. Module three is how to build your author brand. Uh, module four is how to go from tech timid to tech savvy. And module five is search engine optimization. You're like, why search engine optimization? Well, I'm listening to the beta students, and they vote on which module they want me to do next, and they voted for search engine optimization. And they've been seeing some incredible results. Many of them are ranking now on Google, on the first page of Google for their name for the first time ever. As one uh, student put it, I finally feel like I am obscure no more. And it was really satisfying to see those kinds of results and see that it really does work. But uh, you don't just get the recorded modules and the future modules. You also get a monthly office hours where I I live on video, bring students up, they have questions. I answer their question face-to-face. It's a really great way if you have questions to get them answered. And I will say the next sessions I'm working on in the fall is going to be on podcasting. How to start a podcast, how to edit a podcast, how to grow your podcast audience. It's going to be everything I've learned in the last 15 years of podcast or 10 years. When I, 2007, how long ago was that? 13 years, 14 years of podcasting. Uh, Everything I've learned during that time and, and in radio, I'll be putting into a course on podcasting. But wait, there's more. So you not only get all of that in Obscure No More, you also get some other courses that I created back in the day bundled in. So you get the How to Get Booked as a Podcast Guest course, which is a $249 value. You get my course on The Art of Persuasion, my course How to Craft Amazing Blog Posts, and How to Craft Amazing Author Websites. And the total value for all of the bonus courses is $449. So if you are thinking of, about needing help building your platform, if you're thinking, I may need step-by-step instruction, I need to see videos, I, I need to have things to read, Obscure No More is now is the time. <laughs> it's a little cheaper now than it will ever be in the future. And you can find out more about Obscure No More by going to authormedia.com and just click on Courses. You can browse all of our courses that we have available. Our featured patron today is Michael Jack Webb, author of Infernal Gates. Uh, time is running out for Ethan Freeman, an ex-Special Forces ranger, to stop a conspiracy to free the Destroyer and his horde of fallen angels. Uh, so thank you, Michael Jack Webb, for being a patron of the podcast. Thank you for your support that keeps this show coming every week. If you want to learn about becoming a patron, just go to authormedia.com patron. Uh, patrons get a lot of cool bonuses, including a bonus episode every month where I answer uh, Patreon questions. And if you can't afford to become a patron, but still want to help the show, you can just share this episode with one writer you think would find it helpful. Do it today. <laughs> uh, quick personal update. Some friends of ours uh, recently had a baby. And so we got to watch their toddlers. They have uh, two kids the same age as our kids. And we set up this table so we had the two-year-olds and the one-year-olds all sitting at a table together, having dinner together. And it was so funny because they, you know, the one-year-olds can't really talk. And the two-year-olds, the, the, actually, they are two-year-olds, three now. And they're talking to each other with their little toddler voices. It was so cute and so fun. And uh, also, four toddlers. is a lot of toddlers. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure what we're going to do when number three comes around. But I'm definitely taking December off <laughs> to uh, to help chase toddlers. But uh, we love kids around here, and they bring a good energy to the house. All right. <laughs> so anyway, the Novel Marketing Podcast is a production of Author Media. Uh, this episode's audio was edited by William Umstadt. The blog post is by Shauna Lettler, and I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr., your host. To find the blog post version of this episode, visit authormedia.com slash 298. And thank you for listening, and live long and prosper.